Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Forever a magic legend, number 32, Shaquille This is Dirt and Sprague. 37 seconds to play. Suns up by one. Booker fires. Yes! The man is a cheat code. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. It backs up to get it, sets his feet between the wickets. Left to right, then right to left euro for the bank. And... Then the post. Dirt and spray gone 1080. The fan. All right. 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Spray on Portland's Sports Leader 1080. The fan. Hump day. Happy hump day. Swigard, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. You little cutie. Uh, I got nothing but love for you this morning, man. Where's my Valentine? I'll bring something back from L.A. Where's my little Scooby-Doo car that says, I love you, Shaggy. (laughs) How high was Shaggy to hear that dog talking? I feel like Snoopy or uh, Scooby was always leading the others to the area they needed to go in, like, you know, comedic ways. Only one really understood that dog talking, and that was Shaggy. <laughs> That's right. And we know Shaggy was high as a kite the entire show. What do you show. think it was? Was it just a good bowl, or was he finding some shrooms out there in the magic mystery machine or I, whatever the hell that thing was? I honestly, to get a dog talking, I think it was acid. <laughs> Given the time period as well, I think it was late seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Shaggy was dropping acid and back of that van, nobody's paying attention. And then dog just looks at him. I'm like, oh my god, the dog's talking to me now. Yeah, let's go solve some crime. There we go. Uh, happy Valentine's Day happy to everybody Valentine's out there. Day. You got any? Uh, well, you you told me before the show you did your date yesterday. Yeah, so I'm leaving. Uh, we're flying to L.A. Little uh, road trip here. Uh, San Diego or flying to San Diego first. San Diego and uh, Pepperdine this week. Yeah. So, but fortunately, she didn't have rehearsal last night. So I was like, okay, I'm taking you to dinner. Let's just early dinner. Yep. 
Got over there. How old of you, by the way? Early dinner. Well, What's five, early dinner? 5.15. Okay, that's not bad. That's reasonable dinner to me. When yeah. you say early, I'm thinking like 4.15? No, no, no. Okay. My, see, my family growing up traditionally late eight or eight late. Like my my mom, like 7.30 is usually when they have dinner. Oh, wow. 7.30 dinners. Yeah. Really? Well, five o'clock is cocktail hour and poo-poos. Oh, I mean, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're we, one of those families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I look, hey, all the power to you. I had some dinners at 7, 7.30, depending on sports practices and whatnot. Well, yeah, when you're coming and going, you would, but when we were in high school, we ate like five meals. So well, you eat at like three o'clock, a ginormous meal before practices and stuff. And then oh yeah, it, about 10 o'clock after you got done with practice or games and you did some homework and you're just starving oh, and yeah. whatever was available got devoured. I was telling this to my my oldest a couple weeks ago because she gets home at uh at middle school schedules are weird now. She gets home sometimes around 4:35ish, which I'm always trying to get dinner at 5:30 ish is my goal. Yeah. Since I'm such a early to bed guy. Well, I understand that. And um, I was telling my oldest, because she was snacking, and I was like, man, we used to eat so much food when we got home. And, and I don't mean, like, all of the food. I mean, like, we would get a can of Chef Boyardee. <laughs> we would eat that. We would, if my mom got one of those uh, knockoff, like, honey buns or nutty bars okay. or whatever, we'd yeah. eat one of those. We'd probably pour a bowl of cereal. Like, we would legitimately eat probably over a 1,000 calories as just our post school snack. Oh yeah. And then my mom like, "All right, we're going to have dinner." And I I would eat it no problem. I I'd, I'd be like, hungry. "Oh, I could eat. I would fix if I was start I'd like fix like a cra- a whole box of Kraft macaroni and cheese and yeah. just eat it right out of the pan." Same thing. There I did go. the same thing. Yeah, the 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 blue box, a little powder. Oh yeah, just right out of the pan. And then 5:30 Six o'clock, we're going like, hey, what, what's for dinner? Then, then I got some protein. Then what are we doing? We got tacos or burritos going on. We got some. Uh... Oh, dude, the worst nights for me. My my mom kind of kept it within the same like eight. Oh, see, things. it was my dad because he was teaching school, so he was home first. There you go. And so early, yeah, dad had like the rotation. Yeah, and there's usually what a, two a, of them were good. Yep. Uh, two of them were uh okay, yep. and there was one that when he said made it like everybody groaned which one was it uh it was his knockoff beef stroganoff oh god it was awful yeah because it was so there was this so before costco this will date anybody that lived in the area okay so before there was costco or sam's club or all that stuff there was a place over in Taggart called the prairie market the prairie market yeah. i've never even heard of the prairie market so uh anybody out there text in if you Remember the prairie Are market. Are you of the prairie market yeah. era here in and Portland? So you would get like they had the big flat beds, like those metal flat bed things. Like you, if you're like rolling through. So my little brother and I, we'd love to sit on it. Sure. Um, you got a little black grease marker to go through because you had to put the price on all the things as you were going through and marking it. And then they, and it was, you know, just kind of open cases. There wasn't much you know, dressing up stuff. It was just a big warehouse with yeah. all sorts of food. So he gets these tiny cans of mushroom stems and parts and oil. He gets so the gross. fake sour cream, that emo stuff, IMO or whatever. Why did he get the fake sour I don't, cream? I don't know. Was he a vegan? Uh, no, I think it was just cheaper. I, I, I really? have no idea. Okay. 
Um, so we'd get that and then egg noodles and hamburger and it all got whipped up. And every time that, that's what drove me to like, learn how to cook. Did was, you guys, you guys voice this opinion to him? Like, Hey, uh, yes, there was, there was an audible groan and a, uh, demonstrative eye roll from everybody. Yeah. Like my mom wasn't even down with this. She's like, Ugh. I'm surprised it didn't, it didn't get scratched off the old dinner list for him. Uh, well, he always said, that's what I'm making. If you want something else, go you ahead. And I was like nine or 10. I was <laughs> like, damn it. I'm not eating this tonight. Yeah. What do I learn how to make the crap macaroni and cheese? And my, uh, my cooking career was off and running. The worst was my mom, like once in a blue moon, she didn't do it often. Maybe three times that I can remember. My mom would do ham, hock and beans. Oh, he also made the split pea soup, and I thought it was oh, the most disgusting thing ever. Yeah, yeah so the did, ham hock yeah. and the and yeah. the lentils and the yes. oh the split peas. Oh, it's disgusting, and it's the worst color of green. Oh, and it's it, not no, good. No, it, yeah. Not having any of that. Same, same. My mom did that, and I'm like, "What? You don't need to bring your youth to my youth. Get this out of here. No. I know this was your poor rotation. We're poor now. We don't need it in our rotation." <laughs> but uh, the other one for me, she used to trick me. I I've never, for whatever reason, and I would say it's largely because I wasn't eating it on a regular basis i don't like fish i don't like things in water it's not my jam mm. spare me that no you've never had my salmon i've had everybody's salmon it all tastes like i salmon. had a tasty piece of uh, steelhead last night I, it was great with a little bacon parmesan hey, i'm telling you as somebody yeah. married to a vietnamese woman with a family that loves seafood they just put the whole fish in the bowl it's yeah they do at you. yes they do they also eat the whole crab I wish I liked it. It looks amazing. I just, my taste buds, for whatever reason, she used to trick us mm. and say, oh, I'm making hamburger helper. And in my mind, that used to be the cheeseburger one, the, the oh, little macaroni she put noodles. The tuna in it. Tuna. Mm. And then eventually I'm like, you have to call it tuna helper yeah, because tuna you, helper. you cannot yeah. make me think I'm running to the table. Did you do fish sticks? <laughs> I did fish sticks. <laughs> I did fish sticks. I did. Uh, but I drenched, and when I say drenched, it's like... Was it tartar sauce yeah, or ketchup? Yeah, no, it was tartar sauce. Oh. I love tartar sauce. Oh. I can I can mask it with tartar sauce, but it was also frozen white Yeah, know, it was heavily fish. breaded. And I mean, breaded, it, it, yeah. Was it that different from a chicken nugget? Eh. Eh. With a lot of tartar sauce? Not Couldn't really, tell. no. But, I, uh, see, I hated mayonnaise from like day one. Oh, like, it really? was from the youth, so I did either ketchup or cocktail sauce. We had a real year there. Uh, I don't remember how old I was, but I wasn't very old. I remember, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't think we were doing well financially. I mean, we never really were, but we had a year there where we either had Oscar Mayer bologna, mm. and if we didn't have Oscar Mayer bologna, my mom would would make what she called sunny side sandwiches. And I was always excited about that because the name itself is oh, like, it sounded oh. delightful. You know what it was? Was it? It was bread with mayonnaise and mustard just wiped uh, together on the bread. And that would be my sandwich. She'd uh, be like, oh, a sunny side sandwich. Yeah. Like, oh, yay. No, we had, we had simple stuff. Yeah. We had, uh, we had the old hamburger pie. Hamburger pie. So he did the, you know, cook it in with like some onions and vegetables yeah. in it. Yeah. And then, so he'd put it in a pie pan, and then he'd take the uh, instant mashed potatoes oh, and smear it all over the thing, and then shredded cheddar cheese on top. Yeah. Throw that in the oven. My mom did stuff like that too. We didn't uh, we didn't do so much of the instant mashed potatoes, but I didn't mind them as a kid. I hate the taste of them now. 
Oh, yeah. I've grown way out of that. There's a lot of things so, yeah. like that I used to eat a lot. Like, I tried Chef Boyardee a couple years ago. It's the most disgusting thing ever. It really was. I don't know how much sugar is in that sauce, but it's unbearable. I got the raviolis because I, I, I used to eat them straight oh. out of the can without cooking it. And then I tried it with my daughter a couple years ago, and I'm like, hey, I love this. These are good. I haven't had it. And I had like one, and I was like, Ugh, I can't, I can't eat this anymore. <laughs> I've grown out of this, unfortunately. Yes, we, we've grown out of it, grown on. Well, I, I wanna, I wanna say, I'm glad you had a nice evening with your, with so your. So we did. We had a nice dinner. Yep. Uh, our boy Ryan, quite chatty. Ryan, uh, little broy. He was our waiter. Oh. Quite chatty. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You have a chat ratio of waiter at restaurant? Uh, Yeah. I mean, he was I pleasant, and and then it was... I like okay. I like a pleasant. Okay, let me let me try to be polite. This. Be pleasant. Welcome me in. Yeah. Let me know if there's any specials, anything I sure. need to know. The intro is longer, and then but after that, it's like okay. Yeah, I like a pleasant pop in waiter or waitress. Yeah, the intro. Yeah, tell me the specials. Ask if we want drinks. You know anything like that, and then you go wait. You come back a couple minutes later, pop in with the drinks. Say hey, couple more minutes. Yeah. Walk away, be gone for about five, six minutes. Make me kind of wonder, are you are you coming back? And right as I wonder it, you're there. You do a delightful little pop. You don't need conversation. Yeah. I don't no, need conversation. No, he was he was he was working a little too hard for the conversation, but he was pleasant. He's earning that money. He's earning that money. He's earning the Left money. Left him a nice tip. There you go. That's the nice thing to do. I I had a mini little brouhaha with my wife at 5.01 a.m. today. Oh, you're not the only one on Valentine's Day, so. Well, it, was, it wasn't even about Valentine's Day. <laughs> my damn dishwasher. We bought this house over almost two years ago. And this dishwasher's been kind of iffy. We had somebody come fix it, and it's been fine. I load it this morning because I was too lazy to do dishes last night. And I just hit the button to run it. It won't run. So I'm spending 20 minutes. It's 4.40 a.m. What are you doing at 4.40? I'm trying to fix a dishwasher. And it's kind of one of these, you kind of have to close it firmly to get it running. And so I think I wake her up by the boom, boom, the constant like closing to see if it'll work. I do have a short temper. I do tend to get pissed because I don't know how to fix things. Anybody on YouTube is laughing along with me. I know. Me. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. She comes down. She's not a morning person, but she's decided now to wake up at 4.50 a.m., partially because I'm waking her up. And she comes out and she sees me. She goes, stop it. And I'm like, I'm not mad. It's, you have to do this. Leave me alone. And then she went upstairs and I left. And I'm like, awesome way to start my Valentine's Day. <laughs> Me and my wife yelling at each other at 5.01 a.m. Hello. <sighs> I think I need it's, to send a text. It'll get better. I don't know. I don't know, man. It'll get better. I don't know. I hope it does. <laughs> well, we got a good show today. I'm yes. a lot to talk about. And we've got a guest. We've got what I would call a Valentine's Day footlong college football meatball sub. Oh, there you go. What a mouthful of things to say there. Yeah. We've got Bill Conley at 630. The new SP Plus of 2024 is out. Ooh. So we'll uh, we'll go down that a little bit, talk some Big Ten, B1G, uh, you know, Oregon State, how the Pac-2 can do next year. Can they, can they make a run at this expanded playoff? We'll talk about that. Some stories came out yesterday on that. 
They're going to vote on it, finally. They're going to vote on it. They have a new TV extension. Yep, ESPN gave them billions of dollars. $1.3 billion a year for six-year <sighs> extension. Man, that's a lot of money. That's a do-re-mi. So we'll talk to Bill Conley at 6.30, and then a half hour from there, we'll dive into some of the other stuff, because Conley's more analytics yeah. team numbers-based. We'll dive into some of the other storylines, the Pac-2, uh, the 5-plus-7 model in the 12-team in the playoff with, uh, Adam Rittenberg at 7 a.m. of ESPN. Uh, and, yeah, so we got, we're off and rolling. we got NFL Zigger Zag to get to. Statter's story will be at 8.15. Uh, it is a loaded show. Dirt and Spray, good to be here with you. Happy Valentine's Day. Let's get it going, our lovelies, on 1080 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, uh, we'll talk to Bill Conley coming up. Look through the SP Plus this morning. His 2024 SP Plus is out. Where do the Ducks rank? My beavers. <clears throat> I finally found them. <laughs> Had to scroll a little bit, but they're there. And we'll talk with Bill Conley coming up at the bottom of the hour. We got NFL Zigger Zag at 45, Rittenberg at 7, Statter Story at 8.15. Uh, did you catch much of the Blazer T Wolf game? Yeah, we got back from dinner in time, so it was uh, it was on, and they were at one. They got some dudes back, so Scoot was back, yep. Ant was back. It was the battle of the ants. Yeah, it was battle of the ants. Yeah, and, they had the better ant though. Uh, yeah, and I'm not sure it's particularly close to be no. honest with you. Uh, uh, Anthony Simons is a red ant. And Anthony Edwards is the fire ant. Ah, I was wondering where you're going to go because red ant's a pretty badass ant. Uh, yeah, fire ant. Fire ant was uh, dealing. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had 20 plus in the first half. He finished with 41 on the night. Yep. Uh, look, this one was. It, they made it interesting, at least. The thing about this team, they're not very. Yeah, they didn't good. get run out of the building. It was there, and then uh, and then Edwards went nuts in the third quarter. I well, think. It, well, no, he went nuts in the well. Yeah. He if went nuts the whole game. 41. I mean, 41. He dominated the game. Where they really went nuts was Portland had made a push, came all the way back, took a very brief lead. Yeah, they got a one-point lead, and then... And then Minnesota went on, I want to say, a 27-6 to run. Something like that, yeah. And they blew them out. Yeah. Probably covered whatever the and number Alexander was. Walker started hitting threes from everywhere. Yeah. Nice of him to be really good. 
Didn't we have him at one point? I, I feel think like we, we had, had all these guys at one point. Doesn't it feel like some of those Alexander Walker yeah. guys have like a cup of coffee here and we just ship them out? We don't question it. And then they go somewhere and they land and it's yep. like, hey, that guy's not bad. <laughs> but at least, you know, look, there are some. You didn't win. So the ping pong ball is in your advantage if you yeah. care about that. If you don't. I thought I, I think Scoot is Scoot, looking more comfortable. Yes, yeah, Scoot's far more comfortable. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was a good thing to start bringing him off the bench and take a just not worry about. Oh yeah, I the think responsibility that, yes. of the entire team getting him off. Just come in and be a, you know, do your thing. Yes. So I agree. now he's comfortable. I think in the NBA. Um, his shot is getting a little bit more consistent. It still doesn't look great. That's. One of the things this offseason he's going to have to really get comfortable with, uh, you know, consistent with. Mm-hmm. But it it looks like he it's a little more comfortable for him. My thing, too, is like the shooting is obviously going to be crucial. We, we need him to be he a He has to be a shooter. threat because teams will start yes. going behind screens and playing drop coverage and crowd the lane. Yes, I agree And he agree won't be able that. to get to the rim. I think, the like, Lamar highlighted it on the broadcast. He's got this... He's also got an ability, though. He's not a great shooter, but he had a defender on him. And just like that, that he did a simple little jab step. And he can freeze a defender just enough where he's smart enough and talented enough to use that freeze against the defense and go completely by him. And he did. And he cut in. He dropped a dime. If 14 and 9. He can't shoot very well. We all know that. But, man, can he create? And he's got vision. Like, his passes... I don't care about what his statistics say. His averages, when I watch him play, I'm seeing a point guard that's learning the game. I'm seeing a point guard that has the vision, has an ability to get people involved. He's been playing well. And last night, like I know Gobert had himself a nice little night. DeAndre Ayton played well. He was efficient. So he was eleven of twelve. Eleven from of the field. twelve. He had a double double. Twenty two and sixteen. Uh, he still the biggest thing I notice is defensively. He just looks, he's not an amazing defender. Can we just, just be honest looks about like that? He's uh he's one of those little revolving things that you go through that you push through when you go into a building. The revolving or the doors. Subway. Not a door, but there's oh, the little the crank little gate yeah, thing or he whatever just, that like, is. Spins around with his arms. <laughs> out. What they call turnstiles. Turnstile. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah, he just spins around with his arms <laughs> out, hoping to. Defend Deflect the ball, and I don't know who he's guarding. Oh, uh, Minnesota! I put up a poll question yesterday because yeah, we jokingly talked. We're not getting an interview. <laughs> oh, I don't think I, I don't think anything we've said in this segment Joe would find. Joe is Joe is um he's different from Neil in a lot of ways. I think one area, having talked to Joe a couple times, I think Joe knows what the gig is, and like there's an. There's an element of that that's nice. You know, it's not a guy that's going to take every little thought or criticism yeah. or feeling personal. Whereas the last guy, man, if you looked at him wrong, he wanted to blackball you from the building. And so, like, that's the nice thing about having a, a, a Joe. Like, last summer was as controversial this franchise has had in a long time. Eh, I don't think any of what people were saying or tweeting or whatever was really phasing him. So... I don't think he would. I, I I just I was watching Minnesota last night. Aiton played well. I thought Scoot had a good game. They had a nice run. Delano uh Delano Banton. Banton. I always want to say it backwards. Yeah. Bellano Danton. I don't know why, but I have oh. this thing with his name where I do that. Okay. I thought he had some moments, largely Minnesota's Minnesota. I jokingly put up the poll question last night. 
And I'm starting to kind of think about this in my own head because I love Ant Edwards. I've been, I mean, it's not a hot take to say the number one pick in the draft I'm all in on. He's as an alpha as you would hope to have an alpha on an NBA team. But I, I know a couple. I legitimately know a couple people who who cover and follow the NBA as much, if not more, than me. And I've heard them both say, I'm out, not winner. And I've, I've always been like, what? And now they're having this year. I think I'm entertaining it. The Gobert thing in the playoff is still looming in my head because of what happened in Utah, but that dude, yeah, he's different enough for me to go, he could take things over and make life a little easier. Well, they're the number Gobert. one rated defensive team in the NBA right now. That's because they're all like 6'5 or taller. Well, yeah. Other than Conley. Conley's the, like the, he's well, one Conley's of the shortest. Conley's your fourth option. Yes. But he's tremendous stealing the basketball. He He's the one that then plays off. Ant gets up into you. McDaniels gets up into you. Yep. Gobert, you know, they've gotten Cat to play a little bit more defense. Well, Mc, McDaniels is an underrated defender as well. Oh, he's Super great athletic. Defender. He's like, I think he's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 yeah. yeah, he's somewhere in that range. Alexander Walker, we talked about. He can shoot the lights out. And he's 6'5". Nas, I mean... Nas Reed. Yeah, and their back, one of their backup point guards is slow-mo. It's Kyle Anderson. Yep. He's like 6'9". So it's... They just basically doubled down on the tray with Gobert and said, okay, you're laughing at us now. We're all going to just lean into being tall. Good luck. Yeah. And they've done an exceptional job at that so far. Yeah. And so now the question is, is, okay, in a seven-game series when an opposing team and coach can really dive in and start to... When they drop on Rudy, pick, really Pick bad. you apart. Yes. How does that stand up? That's where the defense being tested is big because Utah had this too. They were really good defensively, and then they go to the the, the playoffs, and they get kind of exposed by, by teams with lethal scorers. Right. The Ant Edwards of other teams. But does an Anthony Edwards change the math on this for Minnesota with Gobert because he looks I, – I honestly, I he doesn't shoot exactly like him. I don't shy away from the he kind of has an air of Michael Jordan when he's playing. And I don't mean that as like he's going to go win six rings and he's going to be the greatest player of all time. I just – when you watch the athleticism and how fluid he is, he had a sick yeah. Euro step oh, yeah. where he went left – Two blade, uh, one we, blazer. Front, we had front that back. in the open from Calabro. Oh who, my God, he broke right between them, just smoothly laid it up, and I'm like, oh my lord, good luck guarding that guy. Yep. Uh, I got a blazer thing I want to get into in the back end of the show, so we'll okay. get back into the blazer centric stuff. We're gonna do an early ticker. We are. We're gonna do an early ticker. Bill Conley, ESPN, the new SP Plus in college football 2024 has dropped. Let's dive into it. Bill Conley next on the fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, an early Daily Ticker here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, but we always do an early ticker if we can to get this man on, a good friend of the show for a long time. Long time now. We go back to the SB Nation days, and now he's been at ESPN for quite some time, dominating the dojo. Bill Conley, the creator of SP Plus, the new 2024 SP Plus rankings are out at ESPN.com. We also tweeted it out at Dirt and Sprague, the show page on Twitter. I think Bill retweeted, so thanks to Bill on that. And he's on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C. Uh, Bill, good morning. Welcome back to the States. SP Plus 2024, baby! How we feeling? <laughs> That's right. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. <laughs> well, hey, we're in love. We're in love with college football here. Uh, <laughs> when you sit down to write this every year, the very first new rankings of a year, how, how are you feeling when you sit down to write the new rankings? <laughs> I mean, it's nice to have those, uh, you know, mile posts throughout the, throughout the year. You know exactly what time of year it is based on what you're doing. And, I mean, it's, it's kind of neat. I mean, I, you know, for all the, changes that that have happened to the sport and are about to happen this coming fall um you know the way to project quality hasn't really changed all that much i've had to change based on transfer stuff but it's still a semi-reliable process and it is you know just kind of fun i i I like doing it i like looking forward it's you know it's been a month since we've had college football it's time to start looking ahead to the next season well that's the thing bill i feel like a couple years ago and maybe maybe it's been longer than that but i remember talking to our boss and i think it was like march or april and i'm like college football's it's the nfl it's year round now like there's all of these things that are happening and so it's become almost a 12-month sport, not just, hey, the season's here, it dies for a while, then spring, and then it dies again. It's just constantly moving, coaching changes. You mentioned the portal. I know you're a numbers guy, Bill, and small sample size is maybe not the best way to measure these things. But I am curious because you, you cited it there. How has the portal changed the way some of these numbers look? Like you say, it doesn't hasn't dictated too much. I'm just curious what you're seeing with the numbers where transfer portal – it's the controversy of they're not sure EA is going to be able to make the video game because the portal is always moving and players are moving. <laughs> right. and it's hard to keep up. What are the numbers saying about the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, that part, you know, SP Plus is basically, the projections are based off of three things. There's the returning production part, the recruiting rankings part, and the just recent history part. And, um, you know, the, the, the last couple of years what I've seen is, I mean, every offseason I look back at the weighting of everything that I do and, and try to fiddle with, you know, how would this have worked best last year? And it's, you know, there's a little retrofitting involved there. But, um, you know, basically – the weights have shifted, number one, obviously, towards um, the returning production part. Like, the recruiting rankings aren't quite as important because you can go about building quality in other ways. So that's one. Um, they, I mean, they're still, they're still in there, but it's not as much of a – as heavy a, a weight. Um, and what I've learned is, you know, the, you know, you got to account for the, the, the recruiting rankings of the transfers themselves – 
Uh, that helped a little bit. And then just, you know, what, what I've always done with transfers and what I just have to do like 50 times more now is take your production at your last school and cram it into the returning production formula for your new school. Like, you know, at, at Georgia, Trevor ATN from Florida is now part of their returning production. Um, you know, DJ Uyagalale is now part of Florida State's returning production. Uh, that's just kind of – that's it, it works relatively well. Um, and, and it did, you know, I, Colorado obviously was the big test last year and it did a, at the end, it had done a really solid job of projecting Colorado's uh, quality, so to speak, or I guess lack thereof. And, and that was kind of a, I, that's a very small sample of one team, but I was happy to see that. So um, I, I do think things have changed, but they're still, those three components are still how you go about predicting a college football team. College football 2024 preseason SP plus rankings coming out today. ESPN.com is where you can find them. Bill Conley is our guest here. He is the creator of it and the new rankings are out. So we wanted to try to get Bill on. He just got back stateside. So we're excited to have him here. Uh, Oregon comes in for you at number three of the SP plus. Well, not for you, for the numbers. Oregon is at number three, uh, number one, offensively, on SP plus 15th defensively SP plus. I'm curious, is that about because Duck fans want the title. Dan Lanning stays in Eugene. He wants a title. They're going to the Big Ten now. When you look at teams that typically win this thing, and I know there's more parity in the sense of, well, with a portal helps, but we still have our traditional powers here. If Oregon wants to take that leap this year, first going into the season and 15th on defense, is that pretty normal for teams that are kind of in the situation of or in the position of winning a championship? Um, yeah, I mean, having that balance, you know, top 15 on both sides, that is kind of – I'm, I'm trying to think back to the rankings of recent champions. I mean, Georgia was going to be, you know, top three defensively and probably top 10 or 12 offensively. Um, uh, when they won, I think last year, Michigan was certainly top 10 in both. So maybe you could make a case that the defense needs to be a little better, especially since – you know, changing quarterbacks, even with what, you know, bringing in Dylan Gabriel and whatnot, you know, losing your starting quarterback, but still being projected first in offense. That is kind of, you know, that's a leap of faith right there. So maybe they're only a top five offense and the defense needs to be better. So that that's, that's certainly going to be uh, an interesting thing to, to watch with Oregon. But I mean, I think the biggest takeaway from seeing them that ranked that high is they were that high last year. They were, they finished last season third in SP plus. Um, and obviously plenty of Washington fans yelled at me about that, but I can, I mean, as, as strange as it is to try to make this argument, I think Oregon was for all, but about two weeks last year, a better team than Washington. It was just the, the wrong two weeks that they uh, couldn't keep, you know, that, that kind of held them back. So they were a, an astoundingly good team last year, really, really, really solid. When they won, they usually dominated. Um, and they return, obviously not the quarterback, but they return plenty of the reasons for that domination. It's just, yeah, I, I am, I'm much more it, – it's going to be hard to have the best offense with a, with a change of quarterbacks. That defense is going to be kind of the, the – the, is going to bear a lot of uh, expectation, we'll say. I want to ask about Oregon State, Bill, but I, I just – when you watched them, I know your take and the numbers can be different here, but when you watched them versus what the numbers were saying they were, is it just boiled down to you as luck? Like we talked after that first Washington game, you just didn't capitalize on fourth down conversions. You probably win the game if you do, but they were they yeah. were unsuccessful in crucial moments. Is is it boiled down to luck, or was it something you were seeing that maybe the numbers don't see when you see Oregon saying, "Oh, they they rank here, but they're not winning these couple of games." 
No, I mean, I think I can. I mean, the first game was just as, as much of a, po- a toss-up as you could possibly think of, right down to the field goal to send it in overtime at the end. I mean, that was, you know, it, when two teams or even one of them still ends up winning. And I think that was that was what that first game said. Now, the reason the rankings, Washington ended up so far separated from Oregon was because after that game, they really, you know, whether it was because of injuries, whether it was because of whatever, they they. They faded quite a bit. They had to win. A, they had to beat a bunch of average to above average teams in in you know late with you know, but by one score and whatnot. Needed a pick six to beat a bad, what ended up being a bad Arizona State team, um, and and their ranking really kind of stumbled from that point forward. But then they meet in the Pac-12 championship, play basically a perfect fourth quarter, fourth, uh, first quarter, excuse me, and then just kind of ride it out. And so the, the, you know, Washington timed its moments better, and and I think. Close games are hard because they're part quarterback and coaching and special teams and that kind of stuff, and they are part absolute randomness. And it's hard to separate one from the other. Uh, but you know, seeing what we know about Michael Penix Jr. and and late game execution, Washington certainly had a good close game recipe last year, and they took advantage of it. I just think top to bottom, if they played you know best of seven, I think even down o two, I still might have picked Oregon in a best of seven. Uh, Oregon State, I, I, I scrolled down a little bit. Oregon State's at 44. They're obviously starting with a new regime here. Jonathan Smith goes to Michigan State. Trent Bray uh, fills in their D coordinator, now the head coach. They've got a lot of ties of former players and people familiar with Corvallis coaching on that staff now. And I know the numbers say 44. I'm curious just your thoughts of kind of a pseudo Mountain West schedule now and how a team yeah. that comes in at 44 can maybe go higher in the actual rankings, despite what SP Plus says, given strength of schedule. Yeah, um, looking at the schedule, they're, they're a projected underdog, or they're a projected favorite, I should say, in nine of 12 games. Um, obviously, the Oregon game is going to be tough uh, with Oregon projected third, but otherwise, like just a you know one and a half points at, uh, at California and basically one point at Boise. So if they figure out the quarterback situation, I, I really like that Giovanni McCoy kid. Um, you know, I, I really, Idaho was a team that I watched a shocking amount of last year. They're just really, really <laughs> fun to watch. Um, and, and, but they have, you know, part of the, of a pretty good def- offensive line coming back. They got, you know, if Martinez is, I, I love Martinez. Um, the, the defense is going to be uh, tricky. I mean, they, I mean that, that was a lot to lose on defense. Yeah. And obviously when you look at the breakout, they're, you know, they're in the mid forties, the offense is in the thirties, but the defense is in the sixties after a couple of really good years defensively, which tells you how much they lost. Um, it is going to be, there's plenty of upside to this schedule. Obviously it's, um, you know, it's just going to be kind of a, you know, what are, where's everybody's head? What, what is the, what are the motivation levels? Um, and, uh, you know, cause obviously the biggest loss of this last season had nothing to do with anything on the football field. And we'll see exactly. Can you turn that into some massive motivation, uh, prove everybody wrong thing, or does it just kind of negativity overtake the program with all the change? So I'm, I'm, that's that's the biggest question for me. Uh, the numbers make sense, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Bill, just to get you out of here on this one because we appreciate the time. Uh, the top 25 teams, Wisconsin's the 25th team, and then it goes up, and a lot of the usual players are in that ranking. Was there one that surprised you or one that you're looking at saying, I think their numbers can change enough to put them in a conversation with an expanded playoff. They can maybe take yeah. a leap and, and get in that conversation. 
Yeah, I think, um, well, even though I knew that they were second in returning production, seeing Iowa State at 22nd kind of threw me off a little bit. It did remind me that for a little while now, Matt Campbell's biggest problem has been that he never wins close games um, because if they were to have won a couple more toss-ups last year, they would have been kind of a top 25 team, and now they return a lot of players. So that's that was kind of interesting to me. But I do think, you know, there's this huge – like, Georgia's way out ahead of the pack. And then you kind of know who's going to be next in SP Plus or polls or anything else. Some mix of Ohio State, Texas, Oregon, um, Michigan, Alabama are going to be up there. But I do think what was most interesting to me looking at the list was, you know, from, you know, what, number 16 up to – about number, uh, what, eight or so. It's basically a touchdowns difference. There are a ton of teams, you know, whether it's like a Texas A&M that gets a little bit new leadership, whether it's an Ole Miss that kind of went all in on this year. Uh, there are a lot of teams that could make a run pretty easily, and, and that's kind of in, – in a 12-team era, that's what you want to see. You want, like – 30 teams starting off with legit playoff uh, hopes and, and, you know, at least 10 or so thinking they could make a run of the title. And I think we might have that this year and, and we'll see how that goes. Bill Conley, the master and creator of SP plus ESPN.com. The 2024 preseason rankings dropped today. ESPN.com is where you can find it. And you can find Bill on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C just got back stateside. Look like a great trip, man. Welcome back <laughs> and welcome back college football. Thanks for hopping on with us. We always appreciate the time. Absolutely. Take care. All right. There we go. Great stuff from our friend Bill Conley of ESPN. I get jacked for this stuff. I know uh, it's preseason long way away. But I'm still interested to see what the numbers are saying. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Adam Rittenberg at seven. We'll bump NFL zigger zag to a later point in the show because I want to get to all of those zigger zags with swag later. So Dirt and Sprague back with more on 1080 The Fan. Adam Rittenberg will join us. ESPN will continue the college football conversation. More college football in this show today than I thought there would be signing off yesterday. Yeah, well, I saw it looks like... They're going to get their 5 plus 7 model done. They signed their TV deal for the college football playoff. So I think we're starting to see what the future looks like, at least for the next five to seven years, unless yes. some other major bomb drops. Unless with. the Big Ten and SEC go, you know what, actually? I think it more has to do with the AC. If the ACC somehow implodes because they get in some giant fight and Florida State's able to extricate itself. I think you can make a really good argument, Swag. It should implode. If you go undefeated and you get left out of the playoff, I'm going to be looking at my conference as the reason I didn't get in. Because as undefeated Florida State in the Big 12 or the Pac-12 last year, the way it was, the SEC, the Big 10, is that are they getting left out? I don't think they are. I actually thought that was a referendum on how bad the ACC's perception is. Yes. You can certainly say, no, Sprague, they just really want Bama. I mean, I get that. That's absolutely true. But I think both of these things are true. I think if you're Florida yeah. State, they had a they they had a get out of jail free card with the quarterback injury. Yeah, yeah. It's still bogus. It's it's a bogus argument. But we've seen third string quarterbacks win the title, and I don't think Florida State wins. But that's again, I don't want to get back into that argument. Yeah. Well, there was no Cardell Jones third on the depth chart at Florida State. Sure. Okay. All right. Well. We've still never seen an undefeated team be left out like that. But I think that what that emphasizes is your regular season really doesn't matter. I mean, that's that's how I view it. That's can, the scary part for college football. Well, it's scary for all those teams in that conference. Um, so we'll get to Rittenberg coming up at 7. There's a story out. I, I got a couple NBA nuggets I want to get to today. Shaq had his jersey retired by the third team of his career. Yep. 
his first team of his career. Too. Well, but the third team right. to retire a jersey. He's yep. one of I think he's one of a few players that's ever had that. Uh, happen. Bill Russell. I, Jordan has list. one in Miami, which is the weirdest thing in sports that. history that a team like that would do that, given he kicked their ass like every year. Yeah. And Chicago, I'd have to look at the Wizards retired it just out of like, hey, thanks for being here yeah. for a couple years. So we'll talk about that. And then also the Warriors tried to make a trade for LeBron. Yeah. Did you see that? I, I saw the headline. I didn't dive into the story. And I wonder I wondered if the, you would come in and go, this is this is just everything I hate about the NBA right now. Um, a trade that yes. didn't go down. Nothing has changed. And, it's and leading, this is what the NBA people are fixated on. It is, somebody had a really funny tweet. And if I can remember who it was, I would give credit. But I saw it right after the Super Bowl. And it was like, if Patrick Mahomes was in the NBA, the NBA media would jump on TV tomorrow and say he needs to be traded out of a small market. Yeah, he so needs he to go to win. the Giants. How do we get him to the yeah. Giants how, or the how, Jets? Yeah, how do we get him to the Jets? Or, yeah. Would the Chiefs trade Patrick Mahomes for Aaron Rodgers and stuff? That's what the NBA media would do. And this is the difference between the NFL and the NBA of how the Chiefs in Kansas City are on the same level as – the Giants and the Cowboys and the Eagles yes. and the Bears it who are in the yeah. giant market. It's not a market-dependent sport where they go, hey, you're in Green Bay. We don't like it. We need to get you out of that small market. You need to go to Dallas. They don't do that. They do it when it gets to the end of points with coaches and players. They don't spend all of their podcast time. How can we fix the Lakers? Like, I don't care. Can we talk about Oklahoma City? I hate the NBA media. I think they're terrible, and I think it's part of the reason the NBA sucks. Love the sport, hate the league. Their it's coverage the is covered. about six teams. It's about six teams, so, and that's so not good So are their actual the TV slots where yeah. they have games on. Yeah. Uh, anyways, enough griping about that. I didn't get to my Oregon State note from Conley there. I'll get to that at some point. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN. He graded the new coaching hires. He gave a favorable grade to Trent Bray in Oregon State. And how does he view the future landscape of the league? Adam Rittenberg kicks off our number two, Dirt and Sprague, on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.